Hello, and thank you for joining us today. I'm Laura Evans, and you are listening to Hope for the Hurting. Our mission is simple. We want to provide hope and help to those who are hurting, lost, lonely, and in despair. My background is in broadcasting and radio, and I'm joined by my dad, Dr. Irv Wolf, who, in addition to being a pastor for over 30 years, has a background in marriage and family therapy. Dr. Irv has authored two books, and he's the director of Hopewell Counseling in Minnesota, where he and my mom counsel individuals and couples. Dr. Irv has done extensive research on the end times, and as we head into 2022, we wanted to relaunch our very popular series that we recorded back in the beginning of 2021, and I think you'll be amazed at how much more relevant it is even today than it was a year ago. So without further ado, here is our popular end time series from 2021. Today's episode is on the Tribulation Temple, which uh, that's a very intriguing topic to me, Dad. What uh, what do we need to know about the tribulation temple, and at what point will that play into the end times? Yeah, it's yeah, it's instrumental in what's going to happen in the great tribulation. Um, this this kind of comes on the heels of talking about the antichrist because the antichrist is uh, very influential and very much a driving force behind the building of the tribulation temple. The, the Tribulation Temple is the third temple in Jerusalem, and it's built on Mount Moriah. The first temple that was built by King Solomon, mm-hmm. uh, his father, King David, gathered all the materials. And so his father, uh, even though he was uh, he wanted to build it, uh, but God wouldn't let him build it because he was a man of war. He was, as the Bible calls him, a bloody man. Mm-hmm. He was a man who shed a lot of blood. And so his son whose name Solomon means peace, uh, shalom. And so Solomon is the one who was designated to be uh, the builder of this temple. And it's the first temple. Up until this time, uh, the Jews worshiped God in a tabernacle. It's like a traveling tent. Mm -hmm. And they would pitch it and it had bars and rings and curtains and and, uh, all manner of um, setup was required. Uh, but here they're building a permanent temple, uh, and that is the first one. And it was magnificent, uh, all the descriptions of it, uh, how much of it was built uh, and covered in gold. So this is a glittering golden temple that is being built by King Solomon. And it stood, and they they had worship uh, at this temple for uh, many, many uh, hundreds of years, uh, until 586, when it was destroyed by the Babylonians who conquered uh, the Jews and conquered Jerusalem and took uh, away uh, what they call a diaspora. They took them to uh, Babylon, and in turn, uh, you find people like um, Daniel, uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Those are the third wave of use that were taken off by uh, Nebuchadnezzar, the Babylonian king, and were were put into uh, service in in the Babylonian uh, capital of uh, Babylonia and Susa. Why did God allow the temple to be destroyed? Um, for one thing, uh, the Jewish people remember it was a divided kingdom. There are ten tribes in the north, two tribes in the south, Judah and and uh, Benjamin in the south. Well, the north, the ten, the 10 tribes in the north were exceedingly wicked. There was no 
righteous, godly king out of uh, 19 different kings in the north, no righteous one at all. There were several righteous kings in the south, in Judah and Benjamin, kings like Josiah, mm -hmm. kings like Hezekiah. Yep. Uh, they, they were godly kings. And so they lasted a little longer. <laughs> they lasted uh, over uh, about 130 years more than the uh, nation of Israel in the north. Sure. So this is Judah, from which we get the term Jews. Jews right. are those that come out of Judah. And uh, God used uh, Nebuchadnezzar as his spanking rod or his instrument to discipline the Jews yep. for their waywardness and for their sinfulness. And they wound up uh, with the temple destroyed in 586. Well, King Herod comes along and King Herod uh, is a, a Seleucid and he in turn builds the second temple. The second temple had been started under Zerubbabel, but uh, King Herod took it and uh, basically refined it and made it glorious. And that was destroyed uh, in 70 AD by the Romans. So it lasted from 37 BC to seven, so about a hundred, little over a hundred years. Mm -hmm. It was intact and sacrifices are being offered uh, all through the time of Jesus. Uh, when Jesus uh, was uh, on the earth, uh, the temple was still in operation. But in 70 AD, the Romans conquered Judah and destroyed the temple mm -hmm. completely. Uh, that's the one where Jesus in Matthew 24, the disciples say, look how glorious mm -hmm. the temple is. And Jesus says, when you look at that, uh, you're not going to see one stone standing on another. Mm -hmm. They're going to tear it down to the ground. Mm -hmm. So don't get too enamored with it. And isn't it also in Matthew when he talks about the temple will be destroyed and be raised again in three days? Yeah, that's what they were accusing him from. But he was actually speaking about his body. Right. That his body is the temple of the Holy Spirit, that he was going to be resurrected and raised up in three days after they had killed it or destroyed it. Uh, they, they took it as being seditious. They took it as being anarchy, that he's going to destroy the temple. He's going to destroy Herod's temple. Mm -hmm. Well, that's not what he had in mind. In any case, uh, the temple will uh, be built again under Antichrist. Mm. He will build the third temple. And where will it be built? Well, it will be built on Mount Moriah. Okay. A history of that site for building the temple uh, goes all the way back to Abraham. If you remember, yes. Laura, when Abraham mm -hmm. was ordered to sacrifice his son Isaac on Mount Moriah, and his son Isaac carried his own wood to be offered uh, on the altar as a burnt offering to the Lord. I understand and, God's purpose in that story, and I know that's not what we're talking about, but it makes me cringe every time. You oh, it it's 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 a frightening story yes. it's scary you've got you've got this young guy and he's probably maybe 18 mm -hmm. maybe 20 he could easily overpower his his older dad see i imagine him to be a little boy like 12 13 uh, he's he's older than that by this time he's he's easily in his teens huh. and he has the he has the strength and the power to overcome dad if he thinks you know Dad's he's hurt him if he thinks dad's crazy right. or if dad's going to hurt him, but he just trusts his father implicitly. It's just amazing to me, the faith of uh, Isaac 
And uh, Abraham's when, faith, too. And Abraham's faith, too. You're right. In fact, Abraham tells the servants, you guys wait here. The boy and I will be up there. We're going up there to sacrifice, and then we'll be back. Mm -hmm. I like that. He's mm -hmm. confident they're coming back down to meet with the servants. Yeah, he doesn't know how God's going to save his son, but he knows that he's going to. He's trusting yeah. him. He's yes. just trusting him. And so he he takes Isaac, he has he binds Isaac up. Imagine again a teenager mm -hmm. being tied up hands and feet and laid on top of the wood to be offered as a burnt offering. And and Abraham takes out his knife to slay the offering. Yes. And then the Lord calls to him and directs him to a ram that's caught by its horns in a thicket. And he says, because you weren't, you were willing to offer your only son to me. Mm -hmm. That's how much faith you had in me. Uh, this place is now a holy site. Right. And that's the site on Mount Moriah okay. Okay. in which the temple, the original temple by Solomon mm -hmm. is built. That's the same site that King David Remember King David did this sinful census yes. and God said, mm -hmm. that was wicked. You need to depend on me, not on your armies, right. not on how many men you have in your army. I don't care if you have a million or two million. It doesn't matter. You need to trust me. Mm -hmm. And he rebuked David mm -hmm. and David owned it. And David said, yep, I sinned. And, and David, through the prophet, comes to him and says to him, you have a choice of three things. Right, right. You can either have three years of famine, mm -hmm. you can have three months in which the enemy comes through with a sword and slays your people. Or you can have three days in which the angel of the Lord takes the sword to your people. 70,000. 70,000 of them died so because chose, of his decision. He chose the latter. He chose the latter. And finally, when he saw the death angel coming right there at Arona's threshing floor, the Lord said he could relent and stop killing. And David went to Arana and said, let me offer up, a, a build an altar and offer up an offering here. And Arana said, well, I'll give you my, my oxen. I'll give you my threshing floor, my threshing uh, uh, sledge, and you can tear it up and you can build an altar and then you can offer it up. And he said, you just take it. And, and King David said, no, I will pay for it. I'm not going to offer up something to the Lord that cost me nothing. Right. I'm not going to offer up something that cost mm -hmm. me nothing. And he offers up sacrifice right there in that threshing floor. It's that same spot where Abraham offered up Isaac, the same spot where Solomon built the temple. Same spot, right. Mount Moriah. And it's the same site that the Antichrist will build the tribulation temple. That's where he's going to begin the sacrificial system and where the temple will be built and sacrifices will be offered. Mm -hmm. And it's only on that site that, that sacrifices can be offered. They can't offer them any other place in any other site around the world. It can only be in that temple on that site that they can offer up sacrifices, just like Abraham did with yeah. Isaac. But I think that creates a problem because you mentioned in a previous episode that there's something already built in that spot. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna, I mean, we're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna get there that in just a, a moment. The, we're a gonna get there. The yeah, it does. We're gonna get there in just a moment because the Antichrist will 
persuade the Jews, it won't take much, but he'll persuade the Jews to build the temple. It's my feeling that it's already prefab. They've already got it ready to slap it together, to pull right. it together. Because they have to throw it together really fast in order they to have to put it timeline. together. They have to put it together fast. And so they're ready for it. And it's right there at the beginning of the Great Tribulation. It's structured as an outer court. It has a holy place. It has a holy of holies. It has a great altar for, for burnt offerings. It has a labor. It has a menorah, a, a, a seven-pronged candelabra. It has a table of showbread, has an incense offering, has an, a, a, an Ark of the Covenant. Mm -hmm. All of that will be present in the whole, that will be in the Holy of Holies. But all of that will be there. The Jews, it says in Daniel 9.27, they will begin offering animal and grain sacrifices again. So you got a priesthood mm -hmm. that's in place that is offering up sacrifices. And they are doing that until the time in the midpoint of the tribulation, when the Antichrist says, uh, we're going to stop worshiping Almighty God and worship me. I'm the one that did this for you. Mm. I'm the one that caused this temple to be built. I'm the one that got you mm. offering these sacrifices. It's all about me. Mm -hmm. And you need to worship me. And we will discuss that in some detail. Because then he, uh, when, he when he does that, it, it's something called the abomination of desolation. Which means? Uh, it's, it's the abomination of desolation. It goes back to Antiochus Epiphanes. Uh, and Antiochus Epiphanes uh, wanted to convert Jews to worshiping uh, their, the Gentile gods. And in order to do that, he had to defile the temple. So he offered up a pig mm. on the altar in the temple. Right. And he, he, he caused the priests who were there to drink of its blood. Yeah. He forbid circumcision. He did a lot of things to create a great havoc and anger. And the Jews with, see with the pigs Jews. as unclean animals. They do. They see them as, as defiling. Mm -hmm. And so even to touch them, never mind eat them, right. to touch them is to be defiled and to render yourself unworthy of worship. Sure. Well, so the abomination of desolation when the Antichrist now sets himself up as being the object of worship. Now, you mentioned that there is a huge problem yeah. in, in all of this. Yeah, there's already is something built there, isn't there? The second holiest site in all of Islam behind the Kaaba in Mecca is the Dome of the Rock, yes. which is on Mount Moriah in Jerusalem. Right. Remember, Jerusalem has three major religions. Judaism, Christianity, and Islam right. all regard Jerusalem as being a holy city. Okay, so how does the Antichrist navigate this situation? Yeah, that's a difficult one. I don't know how he's going to do it, but I gave four possibilities okay. as to what I think could happen. One is there are some archaeological magazines that indicate that the Dome of the Rock is not situated over the exact site where uh, around his threshing floor was where Isaac was offered as a sacrifice, uh, where Solomon's temple would have been, that there's more room on Mount Moriah. And so they don't necessarily have to destroy the Dome of the Rock. <laughs> they would build the temple right next door to it. But Jews and Muslims do not get along. So I don't think that would go over very well. 
Well, I don't think so either, but that's one of the possibilities. All right. Another one is that God would send an earthquake and almost like the earth opening up its mouth and swallowing the Dome of the Rock. Goodbye, Dome of the Rock. It comes back together again. The Jews now have a, a, a place where they can build their temple. So that earthquake would be a second one. A third one is that something would happen in the Dome of the Rock to cause it to be defiled. Mm -hmm. And the Jews uh, and, the, and Islam would tear it down by themselves, that they would tear it down because it's a defiled a place of worship and they can't worship in there anymore. Like the situation you were describing with Antiochus Epiphanes and the pigs in the pig blood. Yes, 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 yes. The, the fourth one is that an uprising occurs worldwide or uh, yeah, worldwide against Islam and among the temples that are destroyed among Islam's temples is the Dome of the Rock is one of them that mm -hmm. is destroyed in the war. That would be a long shot, but again, lots of speculation, but I don't really know. Only God knows what will happen, but I do know that that is the appropriate site for the rebuilding of the third temple, the tribulation temple. Wow. And I mean, you can even see with all the unrest going on in the world today, how there could be an uprising. So, I mean, nothing surprises me anymore yep. with what we've yep. come through recently. Yep. But if, um, you know, as we talk about these things, we just really want to stress the fact that we we want you to know Jesus as your Savior so that you can be spared of, of all the events that are going to happen in the end times, which um, are not pleasant. People, people long to be dead because it's so horrific. And you can avoid all that by just um, inviting Jesus into your life and, and allowing him to be your Lord and Savior. And then you're raptured and you're taken out of the world before all of this transpires. And dad, how do they, how, how would a person go about asking Christ to be their savior? Well, if you don't know Christ, then you need to, you mm -hmm. need him as your savior, not only for the future, but right now you need him. He will, he will make your life uh, a blessing to you, to others in your family, as well as to others outside of your family. And it's as simple as ABC. So if you would pray with me, the A of ABC is all have sinned mm -hmm. and fall short of the glory of God. And you just simply need to, to pray and say, Lord, I have sinned. I know I've sinned. You know I've sinned. I'm not trying to hide or excuse my sin. I just want to, to confess it to you and ask you to forgive me. Mm -hmm. I know that I'm a sinner and that I'm lost. B is believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. So believe in him. Believe that he is the son of God. Believe that he died for your sins. Believe more than that, that he rose again the third day, that you might have new life eternal life mm -hmm. in him. And uh, finally, see, confess. If you confess the Lord Jesus Christ and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Yes. So if you confess, if you pray a simple prayer, uh, like I'm going to lead you in right now, mm -hmm. if you pray that simple prayer, you will be saved. Mm -hmm. here's, the, here's that prayer. And if you really mean this from your heart, then pray it with me. Dear Lord Jesus, mm -hmm. I know that I have sinned and that I have disappointed you, disappointed myself, and I am lost without you. I need you. I believe in you. I believe in Jesus as God on the earth and that he's the second person of the Trinity and that he came as a substitute for me. I should be the one on the cross, but Jesus took my place and I invite him right now to come into my heart 
make me born again and make me fit for heaven. And I pray that in your name. Amen. Amen. If you prayed that, we we rejoice with you. We'd love to hear from you. We'd love to encourage you. You can send your emails to hopewellcouncil at gmail.com and we will definitely get back to you. And I was going to tell you, Dad, that um, I've become, especially with everything going on in the world now, and as you and I have been talking about the end times, I become more and more um, bold in my faith and just I just have this urgency to share my faith with others. And that's why you and I talked about doing this series on the end times and being deliberate about telling people how they can have a saving knowledge of Jesus. And I've been sharing it every platform I have on, you know, social media. And then God's put three people, three specific people on my heart um, to share my faith with. And I'm just being bold about it because I'm, I'm, I'm past the point where I care what other people think about me. Because if it's between me and you having a relationship with Jesus Christ, I don't really care what you think of me. You know, I, 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 yeah. I love you enough that I'm going to tell you this. And if that makes you not want to be my friend anymore, or, you know, it causes a divide in our relationship, then so be it. But that, but I, I have to do what God has put on my heart to do. Yeah. Yeah. So, and that's why we're doing this, these, these episodes is because we love you so much that I, I don't want hell for anybody. I want everybody to know Jesus as their savior. Amen. So we're just so grateful that you chose to spend this time with us. And, and we do hope that you prayed that prayer and that you know Jesus as your savior and that you have um, that peace to look forward to so that you don't have to be afraid during these, these end days. You can, uh, you can know for certain that you'll spend eternity with Jesus. We have new episodes of Hope for the Hurting every Sunday morning, and you can find our podcast on several platforms, including Spotify, Apple Podcast, and Google Podcast. Current and past episodes can be located at hopewellcouncil.com. Next week, we're discussing world peace and the satanic trinity, so make sure you tune in for that one. And if you have any comments or a question you'd like Dr. Irv to address on a future episode, or if you have a question on the End Times series, please send your emails to hopewellcouncil at gmail.com. And I leave you with 2 Corinthians 10, 3 through 5, which says, For though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. Mm -hmm.